from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome to Guys We Fucked. (laughs) Guys We Fucked. Guys We Fucked. I'm Christina. I'm Corinne. We're sorry Sorry about about last last night. night. The anti-slut-shaming podcast. (laughs) I never stop. (laughs) Hello, fuckers. Welcome to another episode of Guys We Fucked. It's the anti-slut-shaming podcast. I'm Corinne. I'm Christina. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. Can't imagine fitting another appointment into your life? Well, Talkspace uh, therapy is easy as sending your therapist a message. There's no commutes, no leaving the office, and no fucking judgments. To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com slash GWF and use the code GWF to get 30 bucks off your first month and to show your support for this show. That's GWF at Talkspace.com slash GWF. And come see us live. Please. We're going to be in so many cities. We're going to be in Sacramento. We're going to be in San Francisco. We're going to be in Ottawa. We're going to be in Buffalo. Yeah. And we're going to be in San Diego and Hasbrook and Denver, Portland, St. Louis, Charlotte, Virginia Beach. Just go to sorryaboutlastnightcomedy.com slash tours. You get all the ticket links. And just a heads up. I know people were asking about that Irvine show. We did have to take that off the calendar because of something that we're working on here in the city. We will do everything in our power to reschedule that this year. So hold tight. We apologize, but it's for good reason. Promise. Um, And then Thursday, January 18th is Nacho Bitches at New York Comedy Club. Uh, the show's at 1030, uh, co-hosted by a special guest co-host Ooh. and myself. Uh, tickets are $12 with code Nacho. The next day, Friday, January 19th, is Glamapus, hosted by myself and Wendy Starling. It starts at 7.30 p.m. at Zinc Bar in the West Village, uh, and tickets are 15 bucks. If you click on the link in the description of this podcast episode right here, right now, all the links of all the things that we've been talking about are right there, so you can click on it. Perfect. Um, She's going to be here in 15 minutes. <laughs> so? I can have her. Do you want to keep going? Yeah, keep going. Okay. Thank you so much to our newest sponsor of Guys We Fucked, Lola Tampons. The FDA doesn't require brands to disclose a comprehensive list of ingredients in their tampons, so most of them don't. That's fucking shady. Major brands use a mix of synthetic ingredients in their tampons, including rayon and polyester. Don't stick that up your twat. Their tampons also uh, are treated with harsh chemical cleansing agents and fragrance and dyes. Again, don't put that up, you pussy ladies. Lola tampons are 100% cotton with BPA-free plastic applicators. Love me a good plastic applicator. Lola makes your month a little bit easier. Our Their subscription is fully customizable and you can choose your mix of light, regular and supers, your number of boxes and the frequency of delivery because you know your body best. Ain't that the damn truth? Lola subscription is super flexible. You could change, skip or cancel at any time. They'll email you two days before your box ships. No surprises or gimmicks. Founded by women, 
for women. Now offering pads and liners as well as non-applicator tampons for those looking for a more environmentally friendly option. And uh, ever since Corinne has educated me about all the horrible things uh, that are in tampons that I've been putting up my vagina for the past couple years, uh, I have been using organic and I've used Lola tampons and I really fucking like them because sometimes organic tampons will fall apart in your pussy when you go to take them out. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Isn't that a bitch? Gentlemen, listen up. We go through more than you think. Um, I fucking love these tampons. They're delivered right to your door. The customization is good because my period is pretty light. So I just choose the lighter ones. They're 100% cotton and the BPA-freeness of it they leaves me worry-free about what I'm putting in my body. So for 60% off your first order, that's a lot off, visit mylola. Dot com and enter GWF when you subscribe. That is M-Y-L-O-L-A dot com, promo code GWF. And thank you so much to another new sponsor on the podcast, Burrow. This episode of Guys We Fucked is brought to you by Burrow. Handcrafted in the USA with high quality fabrics and hardwood, Burrow makes luxury couches for real life. Uh, Christina and I both have Burrow products in our home, they were really easy to put together. Like, very simple. Like, you could do it yourself. Yeah, you think <laughs> it's intimidating to put together a piece of furniture, but with Burrow, it ain't. <laughs> like, you're like, oh, this makes sense. This looks like it should go together. Uh, they're really nice. Christina has a gray single chair. I have a red love seat. The quality is good. It's very firm. You feel like you have good posture in it. It's the same quality mm-hmm. you would expect from high end retailers without breaking the bank. Plus, everything is customizable. You can pick your size, color, and armrest height to get the couch that's perfect for you. It's really cool, too, because, like, say you have, like, a one-seater or a two-seater and you want to make it bigger. Your family gets bigger. You get a bigger place. You can just order another single chair and actually attach it and just extending it. And you can extend all the way from a single chair to a couch, which is really fucking cool. Yeah, you don't have to worry about getting your couch up and down the stairs uh-uh. uh, or ordering the wrong size couch Hell like no. I did and then having to pay people to cut it up in front of you oh. and put it together. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so that's really, really helpful. <laughs> um, you guys can enjoy 30 days of cozy on your burrow risk free. If for any reason you choose not to keep it, the return process is simple. So go try a burrow couch for yourself. Order today and it will ship in just one week. This is true. It came so fast. Very I was on fast. the phone with the guy. And like two days later, my doorman was like, um, hi, you have this huge box. <laughs> Came faster than my high school boyfriend. Hey, <laughs> oh. hey, it's true. So use the promo code GWF at Burrow. That's B-U-R-R-O-W dot com to get $50 off your order. Again, that's B-U-R-R-O-W dot com. Offer code in all caps GWF. Burrow. Sit on a couch, bitch. Burrow. <laughs> like an animal, but not at all. If my dumbass can put those fucking couches together, anything is possible. So, uh, yeah, fucking Burrow. How was your New Year's? <laughs> Smooth transition. Definitely didn't stop in between recording. No, what are you talking about? Uh, uh, my New Year's was great. I... um coughed my way all the way to Seattle. That's how you flew there. Yeah, I flew yeah. by cough power. Oh, good. And uh, good for the environment. then I uh, stayed up for several hours with a migraine, uh, but then things got better. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm like, sounds terrible. <laughs> no, it was really fun. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who came out uh, to Parlor Live in Bellevue. It was just a fun, it was a fun night 
to, I mean, there's so really, I like so rarely go anywhere like by myself, whether it like not be with like James or Alfred or you yeah, or just yeah. somebody like always traveling with someone. And so it's kind of this very weird experience, to, like be alone, especially for New Year's on like a day that, across the country. Yeah. yeah. That is like so far from home on a day that is so heavy. And I had kind of a very, just like, I was like, I want to just have like a nice like day of reflection. So I went to the glass garden, uh, in, in Seattle. Cause I was like, I literally pick, reflective. Yeah. I I was like, I could pick like one, one thing uh, to do. And I was like, that seems like calm and beautiful. And it was, and it was a balmy 40 degrees. So I was in heaven. Cause it was like fucking wave. 11 degrees over here. Uh, and I just walked around. I, you know, I fell in love with uh, Connor, the the glass blower. Uh, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't know I exist, but I mean, he just really mm-hmm. had a passion for glass blowing and a lot of tattoos, a little sense of humor with it. So that was nice. And um, sounds like a blonde. Was he blonde? I don't know why I'm picturing a blonde. No, he was like Mexican. Oh, nice. I know Connor's a weird name for that, but he was definitely like of Latin, Latino of sorts. Glass blower with But also like Latino, but then had like kind of like Weezer glasses on. Oh, and tattoos oh, hello. and just like really knew how to move that rod for the glass blowing. <laughs> I took a lot of videos. I got to say, if you're just tuning in, this is not a metaphor. <laughs> no, nope. uh, Corinne is truly admiring the talents of a glass blower because I'm sitting there thinking like, is this a skill we really need anymore? No, but it's nice because <laughs> they because they kept making these bowls and, and stuff. And they're like, you want to make it just like perfect. And I was like, you know what can make glass perfect? A machine. A machine. <laughs> yeah. A digital or a 3D printer. It's almost like if I'm going to buy something that's hand blown, like I want it to be a little fucked up. Yeah. You want there to be imperfections. Be like, because like, Yeah. Personality. Someone blew that. <laughs> and, you know, like I didn't really realize this, but like they're actually literally blowing into the rod. It's not just a clever it's a, it's name. A rod heated. It's not just like a. It's not like a blow job. So it looks where like he no was blowing. sucking an alien uh, a robot's dick. I, there's a long rod. I mean, it looks like robot's you're dick. blowing into. I would say a Rob- broom handle. Oh, or a robot's dick. A robot. Stick. Sure, let's do robot's dick. If you're really feeling creative. So, <laughs> and I mean, just so many chances to get really, really severely burned. Um, wow, dangerous life. Like, like, that's why I like firefighters. Yeah, and like one of the one of the props they use. <laughs> I don't think they were as prop tools. One <laughs> of the little skits <laughs> in their costumes. Um, so one of the one of the tools they use is just like six layers of newspaper. And I'm like, surely so they, simple. they've invented, you know, things that will like even an oven mitt seems like a better choice. <laughs> oh, to like prevent the heat from trans- so they could pick something well, up. They use the they use the newspaper to kind of like shape the shape the glass that's like two thousand degrees literally. Whoa. And I just feel like there are literally it's 2000 degrees stronger choices. Well, I mean, that was the correct use. No, I know. That's why I'm admiring it because now literally sounds like no one's ever using it. Correct. But then when they do like literally, he was such a babe. And (laughs) um, yeah, so I did that. And then I went back, you know, putting on this like crushed green velvet dress I got from Nasty Gal and just like really like sexy while uh, still covering every part of my body because of the excessive weight I've gained this year. And um just yeah, just a real you know ha, you know then went on stage had some fun sets hang, hung out Who with performed fuckers. at midnight um did anybody we, perform and they like interrupted their set with no five. We, we stopped we all did a countdown together steve byrne and all the other comics that's and myself fine. and then just some, you know this random kid luke who just decided to come up on stage and break dance <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a fucker yeah Is um, he? Was uh, he? who knows uh, okay and then you know 
hung out with uh, two other fuckers pretty much all night uh, with the other comics because I was just like, you're in your 30s. I'm not scared. And yeah, because they had low, you know, sometimes the high energy is frightening for me and um, appreciated. But just from, you know, from a distance, so overwhelming. Yeah, Yeah. just a little more. You know, I run very just almost dead and (laughs) um, barely breathing, guys. (laughs) The pulse is just too. Want to keep it that way? Actually, Don't get excited around me. <laughs> my pulse is very, you know, very low. It just, it does. Minus two. Yeah. But I'm not chill. <laughs> and uh, oh, I found Steven's beanie. Oh, there it is. Yeah. And um, yeah, and it was good. And then we ended the night by not being allowed and, and in fact getting kicked out of the adjoining hotel restaurant, 13 Coins. Um, and so I suggested after a couple shots that we should probably uh, go. Uh, well, they had found a Denny's in the area. It was the only thing that was open. And I said, well, good thing, because coincidentally, to be my favorite place. My favorite restaurant is Denny's. No joke at yeah. all. Yeah. And uh, then I suggested that we not only leave, but leave chanting Denny's. Because were they cunts to you? Yes. 13 coins? Yes. And Steve Byrne, um, he did yes and that very hard. Yay. And so, I mean, I feel like just what better way to end or start the year than chanting Denny's as you leave another establishment, yeah. getting into some lifts. Who's treating you like shit. And eating moons over my hammy, which was my last. <gasps> That's my favorite dish. It there. is. It's my last meat of the, my last meat. Cause I, I was like, I'll stop the meat eating when I wake up the next day. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah so that was my, la- moons over my hammy was my last slaughtered <gasps> mammal of, of wow. the year. And now just farting a lot from all the vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> I have not stopped I've, farting. I went outside to fart today. I just can't. Cause I was I'm, like, this is going to be brutal. I am so bloated. And, uh, yeah, it'll eventually go but, away. But you know, that, it's, that's... it's I'm bloated for the animals. <laughs> so this is for you, cow. Well, it's good that it's for the animals because I farted on Alfred a lot <laughs> to the point where he has to get out from under the covers. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say he probably thinks it's great, but no, no. I mean, there is a point where I think he probably is actually He's suffocating like from the fumes. <laughs> what did I do, mom? <laughs> oh. Oh, well, boy. I haven't smelled or heard anything, so <laughs> you're fine. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, ho- I hold it in. Owie. Me too. I mean, no, I mean, I, we're in a workplace. We can't be farting. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking today, I'm like, surely some of these people are farting now. How can I see it or smell it? Or we'll see it. I mean, I, I didn't so have smelled anything, but. No, me either. But I'm like, people have to be farting. Usually guys don't care. One time a guy, I was at a show and I was doing a stand-up show and a guy just like burped really loud during a pause in my bit. I'm like, wow, you just did. Damn. How does it, how is it? How is life that you could just do that and then just not give a shit? Very comfortable. No one else cared either. Wow. I would have cared if I was there. I was just more impressed with the comfort level and the, the, I would have been mystification of this. That's a word, right? Whatever. Let's read some emails. Hey, if you want to email us, it's sorry about last night show at gmail.com. It's 2018, baby. Uh, or you can just tell us the question yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Or that. <laughs> if you have ever emailed us, though, it's about a pressing issue. I do recommend reading the email back. because a lot of times people answer their own questions. Well, that's what I meant. I mean, yeah. I didn't. I no. just meant like, you know, reflect for a moment. Yeah. Sometimes I write fake emails to myself and then I read them like, oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. The subject of the line of this is I want my fiance to die. 
Happy holidays. Happy New Year. (laughs) Hi, guys. I love your podcast. Uh, I've been with my fiance for almost two and a half years, and I've tried to break up with him several times, and every time he guilts me into taking him back. I've pretty much surrendered and have been trying to make the most of this relationship because at this point, I feel like I am stuck. He is very controlling and manipulating, and I never hoped for someone to die so much in my life. I honestly feel like it's the only way out. I've tried slowly moving some of my things into a friend's house without him noticing, but now he is working from home and I can't even get time for myself anymore. I really need help. I don't know where to turn to or what to do. He's never hit me. Oh, what a hero or anything, but he has definitely raped me many times. Oh, okay. That's not good. Uh, I'm too embarrassed to talk to anyone about my situation. I tried uh, going to counseling, but I was scared he was going to find out. So I stopped before I met him. I was a very strong willed person and he has just broken me down so much. How can I ever get out of this? Any advice would be helpful. Thank you. Um, wow. I'm so, woo. it's funny that, um, the prison people th- that can be created in your head is mm-hmm. stronger than any actual prison. Mm-hmm. It's really uh, because I, you know, I'm looking into your situation and reading your email. I'm like, y- you need to put your foot down and you need to. But I, but physical safety is something to take I, you into know, account. I think, if you're yeah. tr- if you're not going to therapy because he's going to find out and you're scared, that to me. And if he, he's raped you. So your physical safety is. At risk, I would create, when we interviewed um, Ashley a long time ago, who uh, would create with her clients safety plans. Yeah, I was like, that's like, exactly what you need. Form that with your friend. So, uh, you know, there has to be times, he works from home, but there has to be times where uh, where he's not around. Or you get go and get groceries and like literally you have to, I mean, you absolutely have to have a safety plan. I 100% agree because you can't do this uh haphazardly at this point especially because you know he's kind of tracking you uh, yeah. but you need to make a move and you need to make a move ASAP friends family anyone uh you are not trapped the way you think it feels like you are trapped and that's a very strong urge but you can get out of this uh with by doing those moves yeah, yeah. I, and it's a new year and it's like I think it's like, like a, a like a great time as stupid as that sounds to kind of just be like this is the year and this has to end now but it's not like but the plan is like meaning like activate this plan immediately because the longer you wait the more difficult it's going to be not only for yourself emotionally but you you you're just every day is another a day that you're you're in an unsafe uh situation and you're getting deeper and deeper and deeper and there's times in my life where i've been very weak-willed with certain things and i think back to myself like i the me two years ago would have never stood for this and i always kind of try and channel the stronger version of myself that I was previously for whatever reason that I lost and kind of go, well, if, if someone would have told Christina three years ago that this would have been the situation, what would she have said? Or what would have, what advice would you give to a friend going through the same thing? Say it was a friend's situation. You kind of look at it with different eyes yeah, um, and see that it is possible to get out. And I know it's very easy to say because they are not my things. Yeah. Uh, but you need to remove yourself. So like even if you leave for milk and never come back uh, and then maybe come back later with like truly an army of people yeah. where he cannot do anything harmful. Even if you come back with a police escort, a security yeah. guard, something to get your possessions back. Or if, you know, a lot of times people will send other people to go retrieve their things. I'm sure there's kind of like, you know, services or, or friends or just people strength in numbers. Um, hopefully he doesn't have any weapons or anything like that. But you, the first thing is like, you just need to remove yourself, find a safe place where you can stay. And I mean, in the meantime, 
you know, just making sure he's not tracking your kind of uh, internet Self, usage and such. Yeah. Get your get yourself, yeah. Get change your, your passwords. Change your passwords. Get yourself, you know, some kind of maybe like even like a fucking throwaway like cricket phone where you can make yeah. these plans burner. Uh, and, uh, and, and situate a safe place where you can, you, you can stay because you, you need to get out and you need to get out so fast. I cannot tell you how important it is to, to move thoughtfully and quickly. I don't like scare you, but like make a plan and do it. Yep. That's, that's that. Let us know what happens. I mean, I always like whenever we read these emails and kind of dole out advice, I'm like, please follow up and tell me if that if it helped, if something did change. Um, Yeah. Um, Okay, And then this. So so this next uh, email is called I turn into a sleep psychopath. Hello, ladies. My boyfriend and I have a wonderful relationship, but I need some advice. I'm fucking vicious in my sleep. He works long, crazy hours. And by the end of the day is exhausted. There are some nights he'll wake up because I'm screaming bloody murder and then I'll giggle and then I'll just go back to sleep like uh, a normal fucking human being again. Recently, I've been waking him up uh, because I'll sit up pinch the fucking shit out of him, lay back down, and again, resume to being a normal fucking human being. The last time I pinched him, he said he watched me do it. I sat straight up, eyes open, grabbed his fucking skin. He whacked my hand away, and then I made disappointed sounds, laid back down, and slept like a normal fucking human again. I'm worried I'm going to start choking him or something. I like him. I don't want to hurt him. That's good. (laughs) That's nice. Uh, He's starting to get irritated. I understand that, uh, but I have no recollection or explanation why I'm a sleeping psychopath. Some advice, please help. Um, Okay, you have a disorder. Take a sleeping psychopath over an awake psychopath. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I quickly Googled this. I mean, again, we're no doctors, but you have you have a, I, you have a sleep disorder. Yeah. Uh, sleep violence is certainly a thing that is uh, semi common. Uh, but uh, from the reading I did uh, today, uh, you y- can escalate and it can turn violent. I mean, not to be dramatic, but there have been stories where people have literally like stabbed their significant others <gasps> in their sleep with no recollection of it. Oh my so God. this is something you definitely want to uh, go yeah, and, and talk to someone about. I'm sure if you have insurance. Uh, the, uh, some something like this would be uh, treated uh, by in, or covered by insurance. Um, and if anybody has a similar situation and they found something that really worked, let us know. We'll forward it to the to the lady who emailed us. Yeah, and it can be just a sleep disorder, or it can be linked to a, like a more uh, serious psyche, uh, psychiatric condition. Uh, but there's like things like you know REM sleep uh, mm-hmm. behavior disorder, which is RBD. Uh, so you could have that. There's a couple different things you could have, but it's definitely something that you want to get checked out. Don't worry. I mean, it is a common thing, but again, it can escalate. So you you know you don't want to hurt yourself or someone else. You know, there's other things you could do. You could hit your head. You could fall. You could start walking around. You could leave your home. A lot of different things. Uh, so definitely want to get that checked out. ASAP. Sleeping's crazy. Man, sleeping's so crazy. I I was, ugh, I, I'm getting better, but I was the biggest bitch in the morning. Well, to the point where all, no one was, everyone was scared to talk to me. Yeah. In the morning. And then I found this, uh, the term sleep depression. I'm like, fucking for real. But it is a thing where you, you get your REM gets interrupted. So in the morning, like I've never, I remember being a kid and just being true. The only time I've ever felt truly depressed and wanted to die is when I woke up. I'm like, well, that's not a good start thing today. But then it wears off. I'm like, oh, well, never mind. I used to, yeah, I used to feel that way, but then it just turned out I hated my job. Oh yeah. Well, that'll do it. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm sure that was part of it for me too. I'm very excited lately. (laughs) I'm waking up. So that's good. Um, Okay. You guys, uh, huge honor. What an episode we're starting the fucking year with. I know. We're really excited. She just left my house and we had the best conversation and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. 
This guest on Guys We Fucked this episode is a stand-up comedian. She's an actress. She's a writer. She's a fucking martyr. She's an atheist. She's uh, a lovely human being. You may know her from movies she's been in, you know, Reality Bites, The Truth About Cats and Dogs, Wet on American Summer. You ever heard of that one? She was in that one. She is a comedy legend, and we are so honored to have her. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Janine Garofalo. I am going to brag about that for the and rest of my life. we told everyone at our place of work today. Yep. Like, and first thing I said, <laughs> Janine Garofalo read our book. Not a big deal. Whatever. Yeah. Very good. And at first I thought I wouldn't be able to relate to it because I, I wasn't quite familiar because I am a, a bit of a Luddite and I, I don't listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, don't take that personally. I just, oh, I don't know. either. She hates podcasts. I don't listen <laughs> to podcasts. But, um, I I knew about the show and then we had talked about it before when we met before and I and I remember saying to you guys oh I don't have, yeah. I have so little to say on the topic because I'm just not um a I'm not comfortable with that kind of language and I think that's generational and also just me but I I think it's younger people are so much comfortable with the p word Pussy. Pussy, yeah. Do you like hearing it or does it make you feel real? It just makes me feel uncomfortable because when I was growing up, it wasn't common currency, where which a lot of younger comics, it's like nothing. Right. Yeah. And Hello. I can't I started stand up in 85. I honestly can't recall anyone saying it mm-hmm. the wow. way that they do now. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying the casualness with the which casualness. people say it. It's like Which saying is, hello, yeah, yeah, and 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 whenever I hear it, it's like <gasps> <laughs> it's like a naughty thing. That's fun. It feels though. like a for private, intimate, like your your partner says it, uh-huh. yeah, when you're intimate. But comics say it as a just a as a. Can you say? Do you not like saying it at all? Like, it is it liberating? Me- no, it just because <laughs> oh, okay. also at my age, it just doesn't wear well. You know what I mean? Like it's just <laughs> I feel like it's a young man's game that <laughs> that kind of talk. It's just and also in my personal life, I don't speak that way, so it would be unusual to say it right. Yeah, on stage, but 
I remember like the first time I ever discovered curse words when I was a kid, very distinctly. I was in my childhood friend Steven's house and we, we were maybe five or six and he was playing a video game and he was like, shit. And I'm like, oh. and then we were alone. He's like, who cares? No one's here. I'm like, oh yeah. And then we're like, fuck, shit, damn it. And we felt like the biggest rebels. Well, when I was a little kid, I swore all the time because. What, really? Uh, and I can remember this and I can, it, it just was a thing I did a lot all the time as a child because it's just because it feels edgy it, it feels it's dangerous just, i don't know why and, and did your parents ever curse my parents actually had uh no and this is a true story but i've known my father all my life <laughs> That's he's good. 80 now i have never heard him swear this is true and we had a car crash once when i was a kid a head-on car crash oh my god and he went son of a bear that that is Whoa. a true story. That oh my goodness! Now my mother would say "Hell's Bells." Oh, uh, uh, every once in a while. But what does that mean? "Hell's Bells." "Hell's Bells." I don't know. I don't know. But it was, <laughs> and it's general. And it was you know, her fuck. Well, my mom died young, but my she would be eighty now. My father's. I think it's generational. You know, they just yeah. didn't. Well, I think too relationships between parents and children are so different now because my mm -hmm. mom was talking to me um, when we were home for Christmas and. She was saying, you know, my brother and her and my dad are in therapy because they're kind of working out some issues that they have. And she's like, I would I don't get it. I would never raise my voice to my parents ever. Like that idea seemed so foreign to her. Oh, I would raise my I was a oh. surly teen. I was a surly. They let me get away with murder that way. Like I said whatever I would mumble and then what? And and I would slam doors. And really? unfortunately, my parents loved us too well. They they were mm. too, because they were raised very strictly. They grew up in the Bronx. My dad was, they were born in the 1930s. Mm -hmm. And their parents were uh, from elsewhere who came here as children. My father's parents came from Italy when they were babies. So you're and, second generation. Uh, yeah. And my mother's parents came from Ireland as children and settled in the Bronx in the Irish and Italian neighborhood Damn. in the Bronx. And they were raised in a very strict household. Uh, and had very little money. And unfortunately, as happened a lot in the 1970s and 80s, when there was a middle class growing, uh, we were overindulged. And so they wound up with some very surly, ungrateful. Oh, you spoiled. Children. You were spoiled? Spoiled, absolutely. And I take no pride in saying that. Mm -hmm. And uh, my parents, they they were teenagers when they had my brother. I mean, they started young. How many siblings do you have? Uh, five altogether. Oh, okay. But... Oh, something dropped. But uh, <laughs> two of the sisters are from the second go round after my father got married, after my mom passed away. Oh, okay. So uh, there's three and then two more. Okay, got it, so got five. it. Did they give you any sort of sex talk? Uh, oddly, interestingly, um, my mom gave me a pragmatic, a pragmatic talk about if you... Uh, were to get pregnant, you come and tell us and we will pay for your... You uh, were spoiled. Uh, because wow. they had kids as teenagers. They, that's the one thing they didn't want repeated. Oh, wow. For their kids. Uh-huh. And my father is incredibly religious and conservative. My mother was um, a quiet, I think, atheist and Democrat, but my dad was mm. so overwhelming. She didn't feel comfortable putting that forward. But the one thing was... We wouldn't trade you kids, but if we had to do, you know what I mean? I don't know that they meant as teenagers to start. Yeah, that, they didn't mean to that, ha start having a family. Yeah. Now, once they did it, they committed fully and they were 
a team and they did it the best they could. But I think that it was they would have probably rather explored life a little more and they were so um so concerned. And then of course my uh siblings mostly got married young and and did did what they did. Did not not that young. Okay. But um I think they would have preferred my siblings took that advice more. Yeah. Were they were your parents married when they got pregnant with their first no. child? Oh, so they were just teens, got pregnant and they, then got okay, married. They were boyfriend and girlfriend. Okay. Oh, okay. They had broken up. Mm-hmm. They had a night. This is the 1950s. night of remembrance. <laughs> yeah. And my mother got pregnant and she actually was going to put it up for adoption. Uh-huh. And then her mother, who was a tyrant who lived with us oh. most of my life, <laughs> oh said, my I w- I'm going to take him. And then my mom said, absolutely. No, mm. no. So we're going to. Then she they loved each other and they were. Te- what I'm saying is I'm not sure that. Right. But I the, mean, when you're that young, the idea of raising a child, I mean, that's a huge right. undertaking. Right. She was yeah. going to have it and then uh, give it up for her, give her, it, her child. Yeah. Up. And and as it turned out, my oldest sibling was a problem. Oh, damn it. From from breach birth to <laughs> straight through. Nice guy. But uh, 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 does he know about that story? No, no. His M.O. is, oh, the world's dumb. He's one of those. Uh, you get a few beers in him and you get a laundry list of who did him wrong and I didn't get this and. Well, his grandma, I mean, it's, well, you don't know what the outcome would have been had he been put up for adoption, but the grandma made sure he stayed in the family. That was kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you seem happy. When yeah, no, he, like I said, he's a very nice guy. He's just, he, he, he he's put a my parents Nancy. through the ringer. Right. Mm, uh, got it. And yet has turned out to be a wonderful parent. Oh, that's great. Himself. He's a wonderful mm. father. Oh, I'll give him that. What, how old were you when your mom gave you a pragmatic sex talk? Uh, fourth grade. Well, Ooh, that's uh, because she was giving my sister one at the same time. She was like, Janine, get so in here. So <laughs> I know that that seems very, very young. Yeah. But my <laughs> sister's three years older. And I think she just, for whatever reason, decided to do it at the same time. I think also to start it, she was asserting herself on a path that she wasn't comfortable. She always went to church, didn't want to. Your like mom. I said, my, my father is goes to church every day. Um, Every day? He goes to Latin Mass at 6.30 Ooh. in the morning. Now, then he took a break from it. Now that he's getting older and his mortality is coming, he's back on that. He and his <laughs> wife, who's a Southern Baptist, uh, their whole life is the church. Meals Whoa. on wheels and um, oh, volunteering at the church and all of it. And my father is is hardcore. Do they have any of the... Ne- um- like I have a negative impression of extreme religious people because to me, I'm like, oh, you're probably homophobic. You probably mm-hmm. are against women's rights and stuff like that. Do they have that as well? No, or they're n- nicer than that. Oh, although I think because of, uh, like I said, genera- generationally again, uh, there are issues I don't agree with. And my father, for whatever reason, has elevated Clinton bashing to a philosophy. Ooh. He's one of those. No, my he's, God, he's just, too. he... He actually was the first to get past the eighth grade, and he he went to Columbia and discovered oh. a book by uh, William F. Buckley called uh, "God a Man at Yale," which was like his Bible. Oh, it was this this kind of conservative that is not Fox News type conservatism, but is just as cruel mm. in it, but erudite, cruel. Mm. And he says things like "they" 
Oh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he, right. He votes incorrectly. Yeah, <laughs> he votes incorrectly. I got one of the. I got a father that does that too. That but my dad on election night, my dad texted me to Paula. He's like, "I'm sorry, Christina," because he knew how upset I was, and I was mm-hmm. like, "That's at least nice that you could." Right. You know, my dad abstained, which still I don't forget. You know, Hillary Clinton, one of the most qualified candidates that's ever been, mm-hmm. and. I so you're going to abstain, you're going to abstain, you. which at least he didn't vote for Trump, which is something, I guess. But still to <laughs> yeah. not even. And and he just at this point, if he were to pull at the thread of all the things he's wrong about at this point, it would oh, be. He, yeah. Just so much. But we've done nothing but argue about politics. Interesting. For many, many years. And I was actually very religious, too. I went to a religious university by choice. Providence College. Oh, wow. And by the time I was a senior, I was like, this is. Really? Was there a moment? Yes. What was Um, the moment? Because I had questions. Yeah, I was uh, always had some questions growing up, but didn't. I always just felt my dad was right about everything. And then I was visiting some friends at Wheaton College. uh, Who. I was saying some nonsense, some (laughs) something. And 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 one of the the girls said, "You are so full of shit." And she was right. You know what I mean? As did you know she was I right was, when she said it? Yes, oh, I felt it. It was one of those moments. And oh. also, I discovered Howard Zinn. Uh, I don't somebody know gave me Howard Zinn's book. Um, he's just a guy who understands history correctly, not the history we've been told. And he's a very liberal guy uh, who's. He's just right about everything. So when the combination of that person saying you're full of shit and reading Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States, it just opened up a whole new world for me. And I realized my questions were correct and Mm. and my family is not correct about what they're saying. And I have to stop just going along with it. That's a tough lesson to learn. I feel like some people go through their whole lives without ever learning it. It hurt me at the time, but she was absolutely right. I was saying some kind of nonsense my father said. I was just repeating. Mm. That's always like such a weird moment when you realize like your parents aren't these kind of like just all knowing creatures that you thought they were. It fucks people up. And that's why I'm like, I don't know if I want to have kids anymore. Oh, You you could be the best parent ever and fuck your kid up. But the thing is, is he didn't. He loved me so very much. And he supports actually every political thing because he loves me. Oh, mm-hmm. that's but funny. he is just wrong <laughs> about right. so much stuff. Yeah. But he loves that I feel Care. the way I feel. Yeah. About he just stuff. loves that you're like passionate, passionate and being about yourself. It. Yeah. And the, the you're thing, an active citizen of the world. The I'm thing sure that throws that. me is he's very smart. That's he's but you can be academically very bright and still your vision of the world is wrong. Yeah. And narrow and all of that and just whatever. It's hard to get someone because you can't say you're the way you look at the world is wrong. I have said that. But you can't. I mean, that's never going to resonate with the person, I would think. And as he always says to me, you'll never change anyone's mind. Although you can sometimes. Well, someone changed your mind in a way. Yeah. yeah, That person and the book combined made a huge difference. I'll tell you, books are, books really, they're always like this one book or this one, like for me, it was like a humanities class I took with Mr. Laird, shout out, Mm -hmm. in in high school. And he just started, got got me thinking about all these things and like saying like, 
you know, Jesus Christ never actually like wrote anything down. Right. When and I was learn like, about what? the real Jesus and like the, 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 the things that were written years after. Yeah. And also when you learn that crucifixion was the most common punishment at the time. Oh, yeah, I didn't you know that. Crucified for stealing bread and all. Damn. And it's, and Jesus That's wasn't white. Joke. And he, you know, was blue out all these things. When you, it, that's the thing. Education and science are the most interesting, powerful things. And there's a there's a kind of person that doesn't want to know, like the kind of person that hates Michael Moore. It's because mm-hmm. it's too hard. It's too emotionally difficult. With and people and my father really dislikes Howard Zinn and Noam Chomsky because mm. he doesn't want to hear. Well, because then he's you're been wrong and about you, all because you're putting things. a mirror up to yourself, and you right. got to, and that's and hard. you don't want to look at that, and it's easier not. Yep, to do it because you and when you identify, when you wear your political beliefs like your fashion sense, and it's a form of expression, mm-hmm. you, the grip you have on that is so tight that you don't want to fucking throw that away because then right. you feel like you no sense of self anymore, and, and also then you're forced to care more and get engaged mm-hmm. more. And like I said, my father and his wife are of service all the time at the church. And also he's in the the big, the grandpa club. He goes to read for underprivileged children, Aww. things like that. But the thing is, he still has his opinions about those underprivileged children. Oh, really? Not, not cruel, but he'll say, right. well, because their parents did this. Like why right. they're in that situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, oh, man. I'm like, and he's, oh, you're and he's always like, hey, I made it. I I got past the eighth. But you're a white man. Yeah, you're a white the, man, mm-hmm. and 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 he refuses to allow for there was much more wiggle room mm-hmm. for a white man, mm-hmm. especially oh, yeah. after World War Two. Uh, especially you know, if he has a wife. He had a wife. His first wife didn't have the same political beliefs as him, but she, she refrained kept from it, speaking kept up. It quiet, and she never went to college, and she always felt. Very, uh, she. That was her main thing. You kids have to go to college. You have to, because it, she. They also were under the impression that that's the ticket. You know what I mean? Oh. You get you get a degree from college, and and also like when I got tattoos, to my father, because my mom had passed away by that time. Only like lowbrow, like long. He even oh. would say longshoreman, mm-hmm. longshoreman. And then I can remember one time at at my high school. Somebody from the Army, Navy uh, came to talk to kids. And usually they only talk to the kids at my school who went to Votech, which mm. meant they weren't on the college track. Right. But oh, I took up. some pamphlets for the Navy thing. And my mom said, no, 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 that's for blue collar, which wow. sounds terrible. Right. Mm-hmm. It, but unfortunately, that really is the case. They target. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, young people that have less options. Yeah. And that's a fact. And you're not supposed to say that because it seems like you're being unkind. Now, I'm not talking about the people that go to the Citadel and all kinds of stuff and then go right to officer Mm -hmm. and things of that nature and the John McCain's of the world. But for the most part, people that are sent to fight do so because there's not a lot of other options for them to do it. And that's why the recruiters target certain areas of the country and certain types of kids at school Mm -hmm. that are not on the quote unquote college track. At least they used to. That's fine. Nah, I'm sure they said In my like high they school, they did. absolutely did. Um, back to sex. Sure. You uh, are asexual? I feel like I'm asexual. Okay. Here's the thing. I'm a, also a late bloomer. A How late? Late, How late, late bloomer. <laughs> I did not have sex until I was 21 and then didn't again until I was 27. You don't okay. like it or uh, no, not it for was, you? 
Here, you know, growing up as a teenager, did it you ever just, masturbate? I did not until I was, and this is going to sound like I'm lying. Uh, I wasn't uh, probably was a year out of college. Is the first time I, I believe that yeah, I didn't even masturbate till I was in college, and uh, it just wasn't a thing. Yeah, and I can remember being fascinated by people in my peer group who were sexual and thinking like, "That's a whole different animal, mm. isn't that something?" My my cheek. <laughs> and these are very close friends of mine, 14, 15, 16, having sex. And I would look at them like, I wow. <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting that you do that. <laughs> and you knew. So it kind of seems like you knew that that's not for me right not now. Not that it's not for me. It's just also, and this I don't even know how to articulate what I'm about to say. I remember thinking, who would want to date any of the guys in this school? Like, it's so corny. I and I had very thing. good male friends, but also I would see drama at the lockers and think it was so hack. Not that I had the word hack at the time, but right. like, this is so corny. You guys, oh, like, I, yeah. Yeah. pledging your undying love and uh, and fighting in the hallway is so corny to me. Yeah. And even though I had very good male friends, I couldn't think of one that'd be like, that's a great boyfriend. Although I had a huge crush on Rob Smarten, who Shout was- out Rob. Uh, in your high school, a in your year grade? older than me, uh. and dated a friend of mine, and he was so funny and smart. <laughs> and I remember thinking, now he's there's something very special about him. Yeah, and I can see what why. But the actual nuts and bolts and the date, the quotidian day to dayness of dating a you know somebody that's lockers or in your homeroom seems so dramatic unnecessary beat to me like yeah. uh just uh, uninteresting now i would have crushes and would you ever act on those crushes uh, every once in a while i would try and put forth that i like and they it was never reciprocated how so would you put forth i'm so curious just hanging around i'm always trying to sit next to him be near him <laughs> and in college the same thing bob lofblatt was one uh, jim barry was one, funny funny guys who seemed to have the same taste in music and and comedy that i did and also, and this is going to, uh, I was a very uh, overweight um, kid intermittently. And then in college, for sure, I'm five foot one and I weighed 160 in college. I was like, you're so tiny. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm smaller now than I was. And I'm wearing Spanx right now. But no, you're very, you're tiny. I, very I was um, very heavy, thick, thick. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that didn't go over well. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I always had very good male friends, uh, but they never seemed to be particularly attracted to me. And I'm very easily embarrassed. So I oh. I, I didn't push it, but I would always try and sit next to and hang around like somebody that made me laugh or yeah. something like that or was quite intellectual or something like that. And that's not saying, like, get a load of me. Well, I'm how did you view your own body at that time? Ho horribly. I still do. I, really? I... Because um, we're like, you're in such good shape. I'm not at all. If I if you if I took off the Spanx and the Spanx top, it's just like a bunch of water balloons or a melting candle. And also <laughs> it's nothing but stretch marks, corduroy boobs. You know what I mean? Corduroy like, just, boobs. What, what are corduroy boobs? Stretch marks. Just stretch marks. Because oh, oh, oh. when I was they were just Oh, right, right. And also, and this is oh, my corduroy crass, pattern. Not the right kind of nipples. Do you know what I mean? Like, What's not the right kind of nipple? Well, apparently the silver dollar pancake ones are yeah. not. <laughs> what oh. people dig uh-huh and um uh just 
never was a person who anyone seemed to be attracted to ever. But I think of you as like, especially like, I mean, like in 80s, 90s, like as being like a, a, a sex, a dream girl, a like a pix- manic pixie dream girl. No, no, no. With the it's an acquired, it's an acquired taste Even an for acquired a certain type sexiness, of person. Though. And actually the only time people, okay, I, there was a period in the 90s where somehow I worked a great deal and was very lucky uh-huh. in, in entertainment. Yeah, you there were seemed, a There moves. seemed to be uh, people attracted to me then. Oh. But without that, that would not have happened. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. it was, I think- Like your related, popularity kind of made my the My popularity look? escalated with how many films I was in and stuff like, right. like that. And and uh, you would get hit on? It, once I would get would hit run. on. But there was also a number of gentlemen who I was only their nighttime hookup, never during the day. And I was yeah. not their booty call girlfriend. Uh, and I noticed who their daytime or girlfriend or people they get photographed with look very different from me. Are these Does famous people? Yeah. Or just yeah. ran- oh, yes. oh, interesting. Um, and and again, I, this sounds terrible to say that, but there no, were certain people that were at the time very, very famous who I would sleep with late night. Booty call. But I was not a person that they would call to go to events with or wow. to be seen with. Would you ask any of these people to an event during the day and they said no? Or I just wasn't even noticed breached? that that seemed to be the deal. And mm. I understand, I understood why. That didn't bother you? That didn't make you want to stop? Of course it did. Or? It, it, no, because I wanted to have sex with them and I had massive <laughs> yeah. crushes on them. And also I felt like, yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, I'm I'm not particularly attractive. And... And again, this is not saying poor me. This is an elective profession. And also casting wise, you are told what your role is. And one of my first big movies, Truth About Cats and Dogs, it was a retelling of Cyrano, Mm -hmm. the Cyrano de Bergerac. So Mm -hmm. I'm so hideous. I have to hide my, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, and also there was feedback once from another movie with a very famous person who I was sleeping with at night. And the, 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 you, casting, you it, the casting director said, uh, I can't I can't uh, cast you because no one would believe he was attracted to you. And I, I guess I should give that guy kudos for honesty. But that's what he was saying. And I was sleeping with that person at night, but wow. was not that person's daytime daytime friend. or or. Picture. girlfriend or mm-hmm. that you would go to events did you with. tell that person the producer like really because i'm fucking no no that? no no of course not mm. but also i agree with that i am i i want to quote helen hunt i'm as <laughs> attractive as i am and i'm not as attractive as i'm not uh-huh. do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i and also there's no nobility in being great looking so it's not like this well agree thing yes. you know what i mean so it's not like <clears throat> like isn't that great? You're so attractive. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can be these parts. So it's not like it's noble right. to be these things. I was reading your I was reading your Wikipedia page and it said that you were up for the role in Jerry Maguire. Yeah, these were Wikipedia that true? things. That's why I want to ask you if it was me, true. There's, there's, a, friend, like, there's a, a myth I got about pissed. Friends and Jerry Maguire. Now, there was one of the casting po- people who was pushing for me, for Jerry Maguire. And... Uh, and I think Renee Zellweger did, did a great job and was far better than I would have been in it and also was younger than than me. And I think the person was supposed to be younger. And one of the the casting people that was pushing for me indicated that maybe if you 
lost some weight and I was willing um, to do it because I thought this will be important to, and I like this script and uh, I've heard of and Tom so Cruise. I took a bunch of diet pills and got much thinner and still didn't get it because Renee Zellweger got it because that's who Cameron Crowe wanted and I uh, and I think she was great. Yeah. There's been other roles where that's happened before where casting has been honest with me about you just not we're going another way with it. Which what they and again, this is an elective profession. This is not poor me. That's right. the way it is in mainstream entertainment. If you don't like it, don't do it. Yeah. Um but but the thing is, I was never trying to be good, a good looking person. That's what always flummoxed me. Yeah, they were like, putting it on you. Why like, are you putting it on me? Like yeah. I'm tr- putting myself forward as this. I'm just, tr- you know, in the breakdown, it said I was supposed to look like a regular person. And also this happened with um, oh, oh, uh, David O. Russell, who I think is a wonderful director and is much nicer now. Um, <laughs> he was a real but dick. <laughs> we had a meeting about uh, that flirting with disaster. Mm-hmm. And it was to play the part Patricia Arquette, wonderful actress, great in it, was to play. And in the script, she was supposed to be uncomfortable with her body, had had baby weight on her, all this kind of stuff. And when we had coffee and met about it, he said, I want to cast Gene Triplehorn. And I remember saying to him, do you realize how antithetical that is to what you're saying? And also, Taya Leone had been cast. So what oh. is the dilemma Ben is going through with this? And we talked about it. And I have to say, I was doing SNL at the time. And I got flowers. He would probably never remember this. That night saying, I thought about it and you were right. Mm-hmm. And he went with Patty Arquette, which is wow, good, which is great. And mm-hmm. I think she's great, but I still think she's quite beautiful and all yes. this kind of stuff. And also having, having said that, I'm not comfortable with sexuality on screen. Even the times I've had to fake masturbate uh, on film yeah, or TV. How'd you do or, that? Oh, I wouldn't be comfortable painful, fake masturbating. Painful. Well, I got really drunk for Kratz and Oggs when I had to masturbate with them. Oh. Um, did they, like, did they, I always wonder where, like, actors getting drunk on set, did they know? Did you do it I don't privately? Think, no, I did it privately. Yeah. Oh, so it's just a camera my person. Trailer. I, I, was like, oh, I don't know that's if anybody what I knew. Would. That's my, oh, I oh the drinking. Oh, yeah. tequila yeah. To, to be able to do it. I'm not the kind of actor that can disappear myself. It's not me. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to walk around in my underwear in front of my boyfriend, let alone on 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 film and all this kind of stuff. And there's a reason certain actors stay on the A-list, if you will. Yeah. Like I, I fell precipitously. Like I had a good run from about 1991 to about 2001, and then it was done. Hmm. But I don't do the things one needs to do to stay current. I'm not a real go-getter. I don't go to the gym. I don't take care of my skin. Network. I wear Sally Hansen leg makeup oh, on my face. Which you're not supposed is to real. do. It's true. Why would I lie about that? I don't it's know. True. I no, was like, is. that's really funny. I, I, your skin does look amazing. But, and I've why, do, about you. but well, why do you wear that on your face? It's just faster. You oh, just <laughs> you know, so they, make, they make aerosol in like regular. Oh, right, it's do. not the same. Face. It's, it's not, not the, the same cover. Not as, Sally, it's not as cheap. <laughs> Sally Hansen leg makeup, which it says on the can. I mean, don't use it on your face. Well, I, I'm comfortable. I don't have kids. It's not about that. It's just about it has, you get it at Dwayne Reed or CVS or what have you and just spray it. And, uh, you know. Wow. But the thing good is, tri- good I, tip, I'm, Janine. I'm not a like a, oh a worker bee that way. You yeah. know what I mean? And I don't In that put respect. myself out there and do the things one needs to do to remain, not on the A-list even, but like relevant. Right. Or, I think that's you know, a certain I kind no of person. I social media platforms. I... I you were yeah. just on Broadway. 
I right. saw you. And, and boy, did that change my career. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> not, nothing changes it. You know what I mean? Like it's just, that's the way it is. But at the same time, like the work that you put into stand up and the, like that kind of work. And a lot of time, a lot of actresses I would, I would imagine would never put in that. Cause that's like, that is rigorous well, in a different it's way. A, I actually find it. it it's fun and enjoyable and I like it. Yeah. It's one of the things I enjoy doing most. Mm. I don't enjoy for the most part trying to act and stuff, but that's where the money is. Yeah. When it, when it, okay. when it comes in. Yeah. Cause we and were talking about that. We were like, you seem to act a lot, but also don't seem to love it. I actually like, you don't, don't like you're the reluctant you know, actress for, like over your the, career. For the most part, most of the films and stuff I've done, no one's ever seen from 2002. Like these are like low budget films where it's like, can you bring some jeans from home? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I show up camera ready like for <laughs> four movies. No one will ever see a year um, for the most, you know, there are people that come up to me and say, what, why did you quit acting? I didn't, but I understand right. why you would think that. Yeah. But the reason I still do it is because sometimes it's very fun that, and it also, enhances how many tickets I can sell on the road Yeah, mm -hmm. for stand-up. It's always in service of mm -hmm. staying I relevant for yeah. stand-up. Uh -huh. But I am willing to have less tickets sold because I don't want to do the social media platform. I don't want to tweet. I don't want to put myself out there. There's a fake me tweeting for some oh, reason. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And a fake, there's a fake person pretending to be me on social media, Whoa. which is a bummer. But I don't do that stuff. That's a full-time job in and of itself. But I feel the more you put yourself out there, the more you give people a reason to dislike you. So true. Or to, have, or to give you feedback that you don't need on yourself. Right. You know the phrase, you're your own worst critic? I wish that was true. Uh, it, it <laughs> oh, is, uh, Reddit's There's always own somebody else that's going <laughs> to come up with something you didn't even think of yeah. before that. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And it's just... Uh, but, and that gets to you. Like, because that, I, I mean... It doesn't was, roll off my back at all. If I was in a film and my per, my performance was, was criticized poorly, I would... Yeah, that would feel like shit. But Corinne and I have had such vulgar things said about us on the internet. And at first I was like, why would anybody be so mean? But then I started to laugh at it because it's so transparent that they're just projecting. But that's a different... I can't stand it. But and the, it hurts yeah. me terribly. And I, I I can't stand when people tell me about something, something, somebody mean. I, oh, I'm a fan, I'm, I'm a fan, I'm a fan of Kill the Messenger. Oh my I God. I am all for <laughs> Kill, Kill the Messenger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think that's... Uh, yes. Why would... That, that's not a friend. I'm just being honest. I thought it was funny. Come on. It, you know what? I, I try and not... You're sensitive. ...know about it. And and I think I have a, an emotional reaction to it because of uh, my political activism, especially during the time I worked at Air America during the Bush era. Mm. The backlash was so severe Wow. And the death threats were so... How often would you get death threats? Oh, my God. At Air America, we got them all the time. All the time. And what? how elaborate were they? Were they just oh, letters they would like, be, I'm going to kill and you? And some would be hand-delivered to my home because it's I was gonna oh easy. It's an easy target. It's low-hanging fruit. Yeah. A person in entertainment. Of course, the Pope was against the war, too. I doubt they were vitriolic about the Pope. Yeah, they probably screened his mail. Any, you know, the thing is, though, there was somehow hand-delivered hate mail. This is going back years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, to my apartment, uh, sometimes it would say, I see you walking your dogs. And <gasps> this is what I'm going to do to you. And um, I learned by, I had to hire a security person to go through the mail because I, 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 it was, my manager was getting so much of it too. Like that, it, th I think people forget how bad it was after 9-11 during the Bush era, if you were critical of Iraq and, and 
Bush in general, there was just this uber faux patriotism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like a sport to go after, especially people who were in entertainment because it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's easy. And, it's hack. And also in a lot of uh, news outlets, they will only bring on people that can be mocked and marginalized easily. Yeah. There were plenty of people from the Pentagon uh, that people could respect against the war. Don't have them on. Yeah, let's have the easy target. Them. Let's have the easy. You target. don't know they're addressed, and I didn't haters. realize that. The more you went mm. on CNN, and I went on Fox and Friends and stuff, which was such a fool's errand. But mm. the hate and vitriol for for being perfectly correct yeah. about my stance against the illegal invasion, and there were no weapons of mass strikes, among other things. Yeah, that's what's so unjust about it. Now, if I had been doing something that merited a backlash that I could understand. And also my career really uh, took tanked. Me, to, tanked it at that point too. Um, I had a number of projects just pulled because of letter writing campaigns at the networks because there's nothing more cowardly than a network mm-hmm. executive. But, and then I, you realize, oh, I wouldn't want to work with them anyway. Obviously. Yeah, if they're that kind but of person. Be that as it may. Again, these are... I, I, I don't mean to sound poor me because this is an no, elective I don't profession. Think it's Let me stress that. It's yeah. an elective profession. But since that experience, I now am very sensitive about, I will not seek out any comments about me. I have no wish to know because it hurts me terribly. Yeah. And it also confirms my worst fears about myself. I I, I already pile on criticism to me. So it's like the straw that breaks the camel's back mm-hmm. all the time. I, I, I have a real problem with self-loathing. Why Again, that, do you think? Oh, I don't know. My, I don't know. And it's narcissistic in and of itself, you know, so there's nothing, it, it, it's, it's a shameful thing. But the amount I berate myself in my mind, um, is never narcissistic because of the amount of time you're spending because about you're yourself. Spending it on yourself, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I would mm-hmm. never be that mean to another person. I would never say the things about another person that I say about me to me. Yeah, in my mind. And you're still ever since you were a kid until now. It's are been, you still yeah, since that I was a kid? I think it might be inherited because I have the sense my dad did it because I would catch him talking to himself. Mm. Everyone, so especially when he's driving and I'd be behind his neck, and I'd see him being like shaking his head. Oh, you know, what I mean, like seemingly berating himself mm-hmm. i do so the same exact it. thing well you we learn how to act towards things i i've told this story before on the podcast but i remember when i was in fourth grade we did a some project where we wrote down all these facts about ourselves and i wrote down my weight and i remember seeing another woman very embarrassed about how much she weighed i was a little kid and i just didn't i was like oh i guess you should be embarrassed and i remember the teacher came around and looked at my worksheet i covered just the weight i was 76 mm-hmm. pounds i was in fourth grade i covered it and she's like what are you doing i'm like i'm embarrassed about how but much i, I weigh she's like are normal. you fucking kidding me it's a feminized thing and i think girls as young as six seven eight but you learn thinking it. about it because you learn about it from the wider society yeah and then there's a whole other thing that is curious to me about the uh Big, beautiful, plus size, embrace your curves where there are some people who are, who are, I, I don't know that you're curvy. I mean, you could embrace your curve. You know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah. you're actually un, unhealthy. That sounds yeah. like I'm being mean. I, I'm not, right, I, right, I don't right. begrudge it's not them. I mean, we've talked about that well, before. Well, the curvy thing, it I sounds feel the same way when like very attractive people keep talking themselves up. I feel you should keep it to yourself. Like when people <laughs> yeah, are we really know confident. We know we can see you. 
Like, you know, Charlize Theron, who I think is a wonderful actress. I don't know her. She seems like a very decent person, but she has characterized herself as a beautiful woman in, in interviews before, which she is. Yeah. There's no doubt about it, but really keep it to yourself. I feel, I feel like, I feel like yeah, you yeah. needn't. What? Like, so you hear that beauty. Like, I know beautiful people who always like talk about like, you know, how beautiful they are. And they're like, well, that makes you less beautiful. Yeah, I don't like, think you're hot. I, I, I know. You don't need to you say know. that. Yeah. It's because then I'm like, well, what are you so defensive about? I, no one said you're and not hot. I, and I think there's a faux. I'm just comfortable with my body. It's a Trojan horse for exhibitionism and show offism. <laughs> or sometimes when you see um, like, this is so dumb that I pull up these things like Demi Moore. I wanted to do strip tease because I'm uncomfortable with my body. No, you're not. You you worked <laughs> hard for perfect. it. I get that. Yeah. You right. worked hard for it. You're beautiful. But don't pretend it's empowering. I don't like the empower, the faux empowerment of some of the sexuality because it tends to be a sexuality that that appeals to the male gaze, G-A-Z-E. Yeah, I agree. It's still under the rubric <laughs> of... What we are taught is supposed to be like depilatorizing, you know, no hair on your body, high mm -hmm. heels, all this kind of stuff. Would you do that if you were on your own and not told that that is something or like every, you know, there's always infomercials and ways like to have a great body. But how about like the life of the mind? It, oh, wouldn't, wouldn't it be great? That. Like how about working that much on on being kind or being really intelligent or reading a lot. Well, you know? the insecurity breeds industries. And that's why they, I feel like those types of industries are so terrified of even going there because mm -hmm. then they're realizing people could find what they really need within themselves through something as simple as practicing kindness. And then mm -hmm. no one's going to buy their self-help book. And there's plenty of like people that practice, you know, kindness and, and so on and so forth. Uh, it's just, there's something about the fo the fake, uh, hack line of it's empowering my sexuality and also it's hack it's hack like in in a, in movies and we're gonna take this artist to the next level with the video by now uh she's lost weight and she's really sexualized it doesn't so make the music better it doesn't take and that's for the male to gaze. the next level yes it is that's exactly for it's the, male for the executives and uh all that and it it's not edgy it's not yeah. it's it's the oldest trick in the book it's it's as common as as a metaphor for something that's very common. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious about your. You don't feel sexual, but when there was a period of time where you were sleeping with famous men. Well, no, just a just a few, only a because few. they they were funny and we were right. friends. But that but, but that I don't, made you I don't sexually mean attracted. It like, yeah, I was, and it's not because they were famous. They no, were I know. Yeah, very very funny, and uh, well, they're famous for a reason. They they happened to be at the time. Yeah. And we happened to be working together and it led to, because I used to drink like a fish and it oh, just really? always led to that. Yeah. And and it was compatible in that way, but at night. Um, but also, I, I have to admit, I don't love being in relationships. I'm not afraid to be alone. Having said that, I've lived with my boyfriend for 17 years. Oh, and wow. And we're like 17. very good friends, but that's more about real estate. Uh, in New York City, yeah, I'm and we're so and we're, about we're, that. we're okay. very good friends. How do you we, mean? We don't. I, he was in a band I loved, and he was very cute. And uh, and I would always go see the band, and I uh, uh, f forced myself upon him in the '90s, <laughs> and then it just went on from there. Yeah, and we're still together now. But it was because we weren't monogamous for a great many of those years. We wouldn't oh. still be together, uh, I think, because he was on the road a lot, and mm -hmm. I was away a lot, and. We had, 
we were allowed to explore. I don't think we would have made it this far. Yeah, I, I think a lot of couples are still together reluctantly because they've never had that type of discussion because they're uncomfortable with it. Because right. you assume monogamy we when never you start a relationship. It. We just... You just started a, a, cheating? No, 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 it wasn't cheating. <laughs> oh, okay. We were both was, cheating, so it was fine, though. We were separated so much in the early days. Okay. Because he was in a band that was touring quite quite a lot mm-hmm. back then, and I worked quite a lot back then. Mm-hmm. And we were frequently apart, and we both drank a lot. Do you still drink or no? <laughs> no, I, I don't. Okay. Um, I um, quit drinking in 2001, but um, that had a lot to do with it. When I discovered alcohol, I felt normal sexually. You know what I mean? Like I felt like mm. the voices stopped and I was able to. Well, cause the insecurity would keep you from getting horny, I think. Right. But also it made me feel sexual. Now, when I was sober, there was a period where I was highly libidinous, which I think was a biological imperative about the age of thir- 38 to 44. There was something that maybe my body was saying, if you wanted to have a kid, this is it. This is it. So your libido went but up. It went up to like regular levels. But all I wanted to do was have, I didn't want to hang out with the people at all. Wow. And I was also at the time living at the Chateau Marmont. I can't Ooh. tell you how that lends itself living in a hotel to sexual debauchery. Um, I just want to have sex, but I don't want you to stay. I don't, you know what I mean? It's and then hotel, oddly, yeah. finally, when I was aloof, then all of a sudden, people, these guys that formerly were not that interested were interested. Mm. It's all about being aloof. If I had shown mm. interest in them, because then when I would be like, oh, I do like them, they backed way off. Mm. It's that push-pull. Yeah, of, they want to play the it's game. It's the aloofness, because we all want to be liked. It's like a science project. Like, why are you aloof? Why Why not me? Even though you might not want it, uh, you just want to prove that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I want to prove that I don't need me. you. Uh, but get the me more aloof I was, because I, I would be very upfront about it. I just want to have have sex, but I, I I don't want it to be an all night thing. And is that okay with you? And these would be uh, men that I genuinely liked and was interested in. Yeah. And it seemed like this is odd. Why why do these guys seem to l- like me and want to spend time now? This has never happened before. But it was my. Yeah, don't, I, don't I this do. isn't a thing. This is I would, I, I would like to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you really meant it. You weren't I trying to be like, yeah, Boy. it was not, a, it was not a game. But there would, there would be times prior to that when I showed, like, there was a, a couple of guys in my life who I was so crazy about. Like, just right now, I could start crying thinking about. Really? It. I'm. Isn't that weird? Oh, crush! Like cr- crushes? Were you in love with them? Well. I thought so. I don't know. Just yeah. I just mm. was crazy about them. And they just wouldn't they reciprocate any. reciprocate yeah. beyond being funny and fun and sometimes having sex late night. Right, right. And I, I just it would it would just feel so like why? This seems to be working out so well. And and I I swear to you, if you just give me an inch, I'll give you a mile. If you just would show me a little bit of of something, I would give you all the freedom in the world. But because you're being reclusive, I'm pushing, mm-hmm. which I yeah. you know what I mean. Oh, and what is that, I, what heart, is less yeah. appealing? Yeah, but right. and also like what's more devastating to be? Yeah. I I've, I've felt that way. It's so funny. I I I 
had a, a fuck buddy, I guess, who was a famous person and uh, on off for five years. And but, some of them were not famous, too. Let me yeah. be clear about that. I'm just I don't want to <laughs> sound like it's like it's only famous. <laughs> no, but but I think part of what attracted me to him was that because he was famous. He earned it. He worked his ass mm-hmm. off. He was very funny as a comedian. And um, and the, the fame, that power to be on top of him having sex with him and and seeing him have an orgasm, the power trip that that gave me because he was famous. I was some like 20 year old mm-hmm. nobody uh, was like so uh, addicting. It was, well, it was almost better than the orgasm. It's intoxicating. People tend to be attracted to people they see doing things in public that that others seem to respond to. Right. And I think it's I think that's just natural. Yeah. But these guys, while being, quote unquote, uh, I was commensurately sort of famous at the time mm-hmm. with them. So it wasn't really about that. And we happened to be friends. Right, right, right. And they happened to be smart and funny. Uh, so I know Which this, is what got just them to be saying famous. the word famous is is very off-putting. I realize for your listeners, this may sound horrible. So, and, so. and believe me, I couldn't be further from famous now. <laughs> but there there are still some some people from back then where I honestly felt like, you could cry. Oh, I've cried so many times on this, this podcast. I mean, this is a the, this room has seen a lot of tears. So many from me, from Corinne. But I would be with them, and I would feel like my heart's going to explode. Like that's how mm-hmm. fun. It, but they will not. And you were standing right outside of the glass, and you're yeah. like, "Just let me in. Just yeah. let and me they in. Would it's let so me easy in for, for just for that for little when it, on their terms. Yeah. And it's your own. That's it an out of control to feeling. do that. It's yeah. two, it takes two to do that. Mm-hmm. You have no one to blame but yourself as well. Yeah. And it's not like these were horrible, mean people right. at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But they, because of whatever their issues are, they need to have a certain uh, type of, of female on their arm because it reflects upon them. Yeah. And that tends to be more male. I hate gender generalizing, but females tend to be turned on by other things and they're okay with well, that's why you'll see Boy Seth Rogen and, guys that, that, and Catherine Heigl casted together and no one blinks. Oh, that, but that's, God just, that's just producers and, and male yeah. writers and stuff. I'm talking about, but in life, like when you see like beautiful women married to like this kind of geeky doctor or something like that. Oh, it's yeah. all the time. That's why I'm fascinated by Lady Gaga, because even though she's so gorgeous, she is still not considered me. like... T- like a level Hollywood gorgeous, which is beyond because belief. she's unique looking. Yeah, she doesn't look the way she's an Italian. Yeah, you know, she's a Italian girl. She yeah, is much more interesting than gorgeous. Yeah, I totally agree with and you. And like, her. and that's why I love why she was kind of dating people who are quote unquote like more attractive than her. I was like, yes, that's like what that's exactly or what I was liberating you know, to see. Or it's something like <clears throat> you're fascinated, like when you Hugh Jackman who's married to a handsome woman. And you're like, I like him. Mm-hmm. You know yes. what I mean? Like it, yes. it's an anomaly. Yep. It's an anomaly. Jimmy Fallon it, it too. J- is- but she, she's a beautiful woman in her own right. But Jimmy yeah, Fallon. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Another one of the guys in love. I was so in love with Jimmy Fallon. You were really? Oh my God. I still am to this day. <laughs> He's nicest so guy. And when people, when people <laughs> criticize his niceness, it's terrible. I that know. is authentic. And it's a he strength. Is, he always looks like he's having the best he time. He is... The nicest, funniest guy. I have been so in crush with it. I mean, honestly, oh, yeah. back in the old days when I first met him, this guy, he made me laugh so hard and was so nice. And oh my God. So charming too. He so always charming. was smiling. Like on SNL, he was kind always breaking. to everyone. <laughs> and he's got a great, what you know what I mean? Like yeah, he, right. he's one of the good guys. And I don't like it when people are like, he's so nice on TV. It's gotta be fake. Because people assume, 
I hate when people use kindness though as a as a fault. It's That's not why a I love the at all. movie Wonder Woman, even though she was hot. But <laughs> the fact that some of her superpowers revolved around kindness and love, I'm right. like, thank as, you for portraying this strength be. because that has been held against me my whole life. <laughs> as it should be. I mean, Holly, mainstream Hollywood. There's a whole other. There's a whole issue with the parent. You know, like with yeah. the perfect murder, Michael Douglas and Gwyneth Paltrow married. He was at her baptism for real in real life. It's disgusting. They'd yeah. never. They'd never do it the other way. And if there was that age difference between the man and the woman, that's what the movie would be about. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. Harold and Maude? Yeah, Harold and Maude or, <laughs> yeah. or uh, White Palace with James Spader and Susan Sarandon, who was supposed to be, if you read the book, she didn't look like Susan Sarandon. <laughs> that's for sure. But, um, <laughs> you know, or like while you were sleeping, Sandra Bullock's mm-hmm. supposed to be, you know. I'm or, just a normal average girl. Yeah, it's okay. just one of those things where... It's that's the nature of mainstream Hollywood. It is what it is. I get it. You look at people who don't look like people you work with. Yeah. You pay the money. to see. I understand that. Um, my my issue was I'm not trying to be that person. And also a lot of the work I'm doing has nothing to do with that kind of thing. So yeah. why are, am I being asked to lose weight? Why is there discussions going on behind the camera about how to light me? That's it's why really I love being just, a comedian. But it's, it's so hilarious. frustrating because now it is it is still about being attractive and losing weight. Like it really is. I mean, but that's life and that's in every business. Oh, yeah. Just life. It's, yeah. it's the entertainment business in general. But it's like it, it's kind of is frustrating because you're like, oh, well, I want to be a comedian. So I didn't have to worry about those. And things. actually, you don't. It's actually a choice. You can you well, can be care about it and, or not, yeah. but then you actually, can like not be seen for other movie roles. Well, but the thing is though, there's a, a million beautiful women. There's mm-hmm. not a million um, Melissa McCarthy's who is a beautiful one. You, you know what I'm yeah, saying? No, yeah, mm-hmm. and, that talent. And, yeah. and there's ones that stand out and grab your attention and inspire people. And those are not usually the mainstream. Yep. lead. Yeah. In fact, that those are tend to be the most boring parts and that's male and female. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just beat. It's yeah. boring. Yeah. The yeah. friend is always what, the fun what you, role. What I love is Paul Giamatti. Yeah. What I, what I love is Parker Posey. And the, and these are, you know, these are attractive people. What right. I'm saying is they got something but more. They're unique and they're themselves they're and un- they embrace yeah. it. That's and, nice. and they do really good work. But anyway, yeah. that's again, I'm sorry I said the word famous so many times because it sounds no. like I'm being an ass. Well, I mean, we I live in a society's so. obsessed and with And this is the 90s. So. This certainly isn't happening now. Um, what is <laughs> what is the most sexually debaucherous thing you've ever done? Uh, probably almost nothing. I'm a very meat and potatoes gal when it comes to that because a lot of positions hurt. I, I mean, oh, I love missionaries, the, the best one. On, on t- I, I find like, oh my, ow, ow. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, oh, there's yeah. a lot of things. And also, I admit I'm still quite quite repressed. Uh, drunk, I think I would do. I think the most. De- it's not debauched, even. That's the wrong word. Um, I had sex with three different persons, people in one day. Ooh, okay. Um, like yeah. almost back to back. All very good friends of mine. Sounds um, like a fun and day. And it was yeah. during that period where my libido was going nuts. Now that's never happened before or since. Uh, and it's not debauched. Would it's you just- masturbate a lot when your libido was going nuts? No. Okay. And uh, it's one of those things where I feel like. Why am I doing this? I'd rather somebody else was doing that, this. I, yeah, I don't masturbate uh, a lot. I'm like, this it's is, sort I of can't be reading a book. How often have you, have you masturbated? You've masturbated oh, of before? course I have. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, do you see it's the, very you see the few and far between. Of course yeah. I do. Oh, okay. Of course I do. I some people masturbate and they're like, yeah, I've never came. It's a, uh, no, no, no. And, and actually I do really quickly like most people because there's no psycholo- psychological baggage whatsoever. Yeah. It's, 
very fast. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, but for the most part, I don't do it that much because uh, it's not that. Yeah. Well, if you don't think of it, you I don't, don't think really of think of it that much and yeah. I don't do it. But of course I have. Yeah. yeah. And, and and I do. Uh, and I'm actually feel silly talking about it, you know, I, because I'm not second guessing or worried about what anybody else is thinking. And actually, and, and you probably know this, some of the best sex I've ever had has been with people I I am not that interested in right. having a relationship with because you're just free, free, yeah. free. Yeah, you're not in your own head. And I prefer people I don't know. That well. There was a period where this is part of the alcohol and this was not even part of the libidinous period, but there was a part where I was really out of control before I quit drinking um, where I wouldn't know the person's name. Mm-hmm. But... I would always be pleased in the morning when we woke up uh, that they would be great guys. Like, oh, wow, something must have happened. Yeah. yeah. Before good, I good blacked eyesight. out. That, uh, <laughs> you that can still be fancy. you even though you're blacked like, out, even though you don't remember. Yeah, I, they always tended to be guys. Oh, I would have liked this person. <laughs> oh. you know I mean, like that. <laughs> luckily. Yeah. Luckily, I don't recall like a real, a bum uh, you know, a bum, a bum. Break it up to a real troll. Hook up. Uh, or a jerk. And I, I, a jerk, yeah. yeah. They, they always tended to be quite kind of interesting and funny and, yeah. and nice. And so that must have happened like in the evening at some point. Yeah, yeah. But the, and also never used a condom. Never. We're not supposed to say that. And I'm not, not proud of that. No, it's. For the most part ever, I probably could count. Also, I, but I started having, you know, I came of age before that, that was, Talked about yeah. so frequently, deal. yeah. And so the withdrawal method was always the thing. Now I've never had a pregnancy scare, nothing. Wow. But, and as far as I know, no STIs. Uh, I mean, have I you got, get when was the last time you got testy, tested? Um, probably last time I had my blood drawn. You know, mm-hmm. the doctor does it, but yeah. I very rarely get physicals or anything. And say I don't do self checks of any kind. That's how disconnected from my body I am. Mm. Also, I don't oh. look for trouble. I don't care yeah, to know. Yeah. I don't care to know. Right. Huh. If there's something wrong, let's leave it. Leave yeah, it, yeah. Because what par- you don't yeah. know will kill you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it will. But, you know, you won't yeah, be I, killing yourself I in your just, head. Uh, I don't want to get screened. I don't want to know mm-hmm. what could happen. I mm. don't. And also, I'm in perimenopause. I have no wish what's to What's perimenopause? Uh, right before. Pre? Like the pre. Oh, what's that? What one? does you your still, body do? Well, so mine, so far, intermittently, you still get your period. But okay. it's quite odd like sometimes it's super light sometimes it's so heavy it's ridiculous oh um, and it mm. can be at any random time oh, really oh. and um it, i can go months without it and then huh. have it every three weeks you know what i mean like Whoa. it's and i've noticed um, a wall just uh uh easy weight gain you know what i mean like different mm-hmm. things people talk about but i refuse to go down the path of well you need to use this cream you need to do this get this shot. i'm not doing any of it People for generations, nobody did anything about it. True. And I'm not, it's a, it's a money-making business and it also will make, I'm just going to. And it's going to make you more it. aware of the problem all the time when you're applying yeah, to I'm whatever just, the hell you got to do. I just know that that's just, what's happening. It is what it is and leave it. Yeah. What's, what did you, what's written oh down my on God. your paper? Cause you brought, okay, Janine so brought had, notes. Well, I had things just in case it's, I have late bloomer written and okay. pre MTV generation. Cause, cause also I was one of the things that I think I was, I feel lucky in, in my high school and junior high, um, fashion and sexuality were not a big thing. There were kids having sex, but if you ever saw freaks and geeks, do you see that? Oh, how they yeah. dressed? That was basically the look that grungy. in suburban New Jersey. It wasn't even grunge yet. That was, yeah. it was uh, army jackets, 
um, from when the Gap sell, sold Levi's, mm-hmm. corduroys, sneakers, it was uncool to care about your looks. Care about more. your looks. Mm-hmm. Now, when I went to high school in Houston, that was not the case. Because every once in a while, my dad worked for an oil company. So we would go back and forth to to um, the same neighborhoods in uh, every once in a while in um, Houston and New Jersey. But oh, I'm wow. mostly born and raised in New Jersey. And the aesthetic where I was in New Jersey was quite right for me. It was, there was like no. People cared about I, the things I, you cared about. I didn't about. start wearing makeup until I was probably 26, 27 years old. That, that's true. I didn't nice. wear, I also went, I'm from New Jersey and also did not wear makeup for all it of just, high school. My, uh, I wish my parents would allow part, me my to. Peer, it just, the look was what you saw in Freaks and Geeks. Mm-hmm. It, for the most part. And that just, and there also wasn't huge wealth gaps in that particular high school. And it was uh, only 250 kids in my graduating class. I mean, it was a small, and most of us had been together since kindergarten. There wasn't like car, people had cars and they, right. most of us walked or rode our bike to school. So there's no status MTV shit. hadn't even come on the scene yet. It didn't start until um, the latter half of my senior year. So I actually feel lucky about that. And there was no social media. Yeah. There was no We're surveillance. Free. There was none of yeah. none of that. Now, other high schools may have been different because I remember seeing a movie called Fast Times at Ridgemont High mm-hmm. and read the book before I came out. Mm-hmm. It was actually a book oh, I by Cameron Crowe that. that I was obsessed with because mm. I couldn't believe there were high school kids living this way um, <laughs> oh, in wow. California. Right. They go to, they buy things and they're sexual and they- uh, And it's like a clout almost, they, like it's currency. They, and then I saw the movie and I was fascinated by that kind of, life that was not going on, at least with me. Mm -hmm. And um, not only was I a late bloomer mixed with a type of environment that didn't broadcast sexuality um, and from a repressed family. Yeah, that's a lot of layers. And a biologically low libido. It just was never an issue. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It never came up as anything just, that you should feel good or bad yeah, about. It and just was. Even though I knew close friends of mine were having sex, there was never like, why aren't you? It it just somehow I made it through fine. Now, college was a whole nother issue. There was to be bullied in college is weird. I never thought it could You're bullied in college? Yeah. I mean, garden right, because I was very, uh, I guess, according to a uh, number of people, uh, very unattractive. So I guess it was a sport. It, oh, and there's a very religious so, university. So that's oh, where all the mean so people are. Weird. Uh. <laughs> and it was like, uh, uh, also my two roommates freshman year were just- uh, Asshole. Really Jerks. mean. And unfortunately, when you put three people in a room, two of them, two of them, I think on their own, one of them might've been fine. The other one was a real pill. And- uh, <laughs> Oh, I want to bring that word I, back. That's uh, a great word. I just, I think they felt that I was a odd, odd person. Uh, I was socially awkward, but I, I think they felt I was odd. And also I definitely uh, cramped their style being a overweight, no makeup wearing mm. um, person. And they were what we consider to be desirable. hmm like the plastics and Mean Girls. Um, yeah. Just, I mean, they weren't like that, like that. I mean, we're talking they about that in 19, we're talking <laughs> about 1982. foundation on. Irish Catholic, thin. They yeah. were, um, they were face makeup They were like, faces. would be the hotties at, at, the, <laughs> at the parochial school. Oh, you know I see. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they appeal to a certain type of guy from yeah. Catholic high school. Mm-hmm. That's all. And, and they just, uh, and because I allowed them 
to be mean to me because I retreated. And that's my fault. Yeah. They smelled weakness. They, they smelled pounced. weakness and they pounced. And 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 that is it takes three to tango in that case. You yeah. know, that's that's my fault. They became increasingly cruel as I allowed it. Oh, yeah. And um, I know one of them feels bad about it now. Has, oh, really? Has, has she reached the, out? To yeah. You? Uh, her daughter did. Oddly, Whoa, that's how that old runs we are. Deep. That's how old we are. Wow. That guilt ran deep. I met her daughter who worked at a restaurant I was in who said, my mom uh, was your roommate freshman year and she has always regretted that she, she said she was, you know, very, and I, I was like, well, that's very, very, that's, wow. That's nice. It was traumatic. It was yeah. very traumatic. And then luckily uh, by the time sophomore year, I'd found some friends and so that was done, but yeah. uh, that that was very damaging. And you lost your virginity in college? No, at, at 21, I was one year out. Oh. With okay. my first boyfriend, boyfriend. Okay. And how was that fun? Well, be, losing virginity, gonna sound I didn't like strange. it. It's gonna, and I'm so sorry for this kind of talk. <laughs> he, he was very well endowed. Okay. Huge cock. See that I wouldn't put it that way, but <laughs> you're young, you can do that. And it was uh, quite uncomfortable. Yeah, I was going to say you can be too well endowed. And so uh, I would always kind of uh, by default always want to do other things that didn't involve <laughs> Wait, that. I didn't know that everybody wasn't going to be oh that well endowed. It wasn't going to. So there was a moment where you saw his penis for the first time erect and you were probably well, like, uh, he what? just had, uh, he, he was a great guy, beautiful yeah. guy. You know what I mean? Like we, he, we had the same taste in music and comedy and, and, and thrift shop. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and I just really liked him. We were very good friends and, and we, and, and unfortunately I, I, I was not a great girl cause I didn't want to, after the first time that it hurt so bad, I would always say like, can we just do this or this or this other kind of thing? And when we did have sex, it was quite uncomfortable because yeah. then I think I had a psychosomatic kind of, what is it, vaginismus, where you tighten up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my, that's me. That was totally psychological. Um, and so that happened. And then I would make, until I was 27, didn't have sex, I would make out with anybody and everybody because I was drinking so much, but I didn't want to. You know what I mean? Not I even like, uh, any bases. Oh like, yeah, yeah. There's like uh, there's fingers places. Yeah, yeah. there was okay. manual every other thing, but yeah. Until I was 27, because you didn't know that other. Oh, well, it's yeah. not even just that. I I just uh, f- felt like I don't want to be that vulnerable. Ah. There's something about being that vulnerable. I'm so easily embarrassed, as I mentioned earlier. There was something about that. Yeah, um, I think that's why a lot of people are. That's why the world is weird about sex because it is one of the most vulnerable things. Well, the world is weird about it, and then they're not. I mean, sex. There are some people that are so sex forward. I mean, it's everywhere, and some people are so comfortable with it, and uh, yeah, you know, their lives are predicated upon it, or they they are devoted to every waking moment. You know, so I yeah. don't know that the world is weird about sex. Some people, yeah. I guess, are, um, but then you know. Like I said, the alcohol made it easier. And then I had a series of boyfriends um, and, you know, had sex and stuff. But I would find that, and this again is my fault, I would love the initial first phase of a relationship. There's nothing more exciting. I mean, that's the best Than part. meeting for drinks and, <laughs> yeah, um, not you know knowing what I mean? And, kiss and you just like and... The, the newness. And then I would feel like I would 
oh, there's another new person. Yeah. Now, that, I'm not proud of that at all. I'm just saying. But that's not something to be I was, I was emotionally 15. I was where a 15-year-old would be. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It was but that's where I, I get it. I understand that. It's interesting when you talk about it because yeah. you say you feel bad about these things or you blame yourself. Because I always think it's good to take responsibility for everything that happens in your life to assume, okay, what could, could I have done anything different? Let's assume I was responsible. What could I have done? But yours, it's with you, the way you're talking about it now, it seems like you blaming yourself is more of a shameful No, it's not shame. Thing. It's, oh, okay. uh, I, re- I, I was not as kind oh. to kind people oh, really? who were my boyfriends as I should have been when my eyes started to wander. Uh. It wasn't, you know, it, it sort of was like, ah, I think we're done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In a way, I would not like to be spoken to. You know right. what I mean? And okay. these are great guys who luckily are still my friend. Now I've made a man, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, for the most part, I've remained friends with every single one of them. Oh, um, nice. And we have talked about, it, you know, and Greg Barron's whole, a lot of his, uh, impetus for a stand-up. Greg Barrett and I lived together and uh, we were roommates who, when I moved into that house, it was me, Greg Barrett, Laura Milligan, another comedian, Margaret Cho lived there. Nice. Um, Jerry Finelli from a band called Red Cross. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a bed yet. And I was friends with Greg and, and Greg said, uh, do you want to sleep with me? And and totally, it was supposed to be platonic. platonic. And then we started having sex and it was great. And then we just, I never got a bed. And <laughs> was, I just... Yeah. I always slept in his room. Then I um, met some, and, I, and I, I'll tell you, Greg Barron's one of the greatest people I've ever met, and, and he deserves nothing but respect and kindness. And when I met another person who caught my eye, I was bound and determined to win this person over who seemed aloof. And it was, uh-huh. and it was so almost cut and dry with Greg. And luckily that fed into a whole ton of material he got. Oh, good. Um, and then uh, also I introduced him to his now wife. So I feel like. Oh, yeah, um, you made up for I it. I feel like yeah. that's good. <laughs> and we have talked about it, you know, about the cruelness. And also I dated Bob Odenkirk and didn't end that as well as I should have. Oh, oh you dated Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like there is. How would you, you end it that was cruel in your head? Like I, I'm how- done. I'm done. I would like to. I don't want to do this anymore. Just I kind don't of like do this. Curt, yeah. yeah. In a curt way okay. that is so, there is More no heartless. justification. Yeah. There's no justification and no defense for it. Mm. Um, it was just me thinking like, we should probably just, just do it. Let's just, let's just Rip do it. I'll just off. say it. But the thing is, it, you know, not factoring in. Can you imagine if somebody did that to you? And actually yeah, they have you would done want it. an explanation. They actually have done it to me. But what I learned from it, from the way I did it, I don't ask questions. Like when somebody, uh, you know, because of my bad behavior, when somebody would never return my calls, there's no need to ask why. It it answers its own question. Yeah. Why don't you ever call me? Don't ask because they don't want to. Yeah. If Mm -hmm. they wanted to, they would. Why don't you ever want to hang out? They don't want to. Uh, So I did learn that as a recipient of being treated that way, Mm. I actually let people off the hook so easy so easy mm-hmm. because of I felt it was my penance a for what I oh, had done, really? but b oh I know where they're come I I am yeah I, now you can I know what that. they're saying they yeah, yeah. they are cut and drying me they're done mm-hmm. they're done yeah and when they talk about wanting to maybe take a break they've already started with someone else that's usually how it happens you know what yeah. I mean they've already 
had their sights on set someone on someone else. else. Yeah. And I understand that intuitively. So I've never really given anyone a hard time about that. Oh, okay. That, as much as it destroyed me, I realized, no, I've done that. So I have to take that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But mm. but I always, and now I'm I'm 54. These things are not a part of my life anymore. So I'm going, I'm reaching And you've been back. with the same person for yeah, 17? 17 years. Yeah. I mean, we did for, for a great many of those first years, we- Non-monogamous. We were non-monogamous. Yeah. But now, sorry, now we like are that. monogamous, but mostly because I have no libido and I don't <laughs> drink anymore. Does he have a libido, your partner? Yes, he does. And actually I encourage him to express it to do what he wants to do, which I think hurts him because that's not what he wants to hear. He wants you to want to. Yes. Mm. Um, and, and that men can feel very rejected. I didn't realize this. I'm learning this as I go. Like if I would, um, my boyfriend kind of comes on to me and he hints that he wants to have sex and I'm like, yeah. no, he like it hurts him. Well, we're affectionate with each other and yeah. we tell each other we love each other and we're together all the time. We get along, but we're very good roommates. Yeah. I personally am not, after 17 years, it's hard to get to get excited about the same person, especially with all the water under the bridge and the conversations with the bathroom doors open and having yeah. the neurovirus together and uh, food poisoning oh, together and yeah. all of these things make it yeah less appealing to go down there. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you take my meaning. yeah no, and I totally and, get it, but you still want to be affectionate and say I and, love and you because you really do because we do we are best friends yeah uh, and it's actually kind of, that's closer a nice, now that's than, a beautiful relationship than we were. But do you just you just don't have sex anymore? Well, or sometimes, just very rarely? sometimes I will do uh, <clears throat> a courtesy, <laughs> I, courtesy <laughs> services to <laughs> to him. But the thing is, is it right? My he, would prefer, he would prefer, yeah. And also, I don't think it make it makes him feel good when I say, please, if you want to have sex outside this, I want you to. I want you to be happy. I want you. To yeah. do what you want to do. Right. Which what I he wants to do is you. Now, hopefully he is and is just not discussing it because he's not as comfortable discussing these things with me, even though we've talked about it, as I am with him. Okay. I am hoping that he does, in right. fact, do that if he wants to. Yeah. I would be very happy for him. Uh, and I hope that he does. I don't know if he does. Yeah. Or not. That's kind of fun. So it's just the friendship and the real estate that's we, keeping you together. Actually, I say the real estate. It, it it would neither one of us wants to leave that apartment. We really like our neighborhood <laughs> See, and we've stubborn. been there a long time. And, um, Could you like put a wall up and then each? No, there's well, no one. It's you... a one bedroom apartment. Oh, okay. You, oh, we yeah, talk no. to each. You know, we can talk or not talk for hours. You know what I mean? Like, we, yeah, you get a lot. We you... can still we can stay up still late night giggling like schoolgirls. Uh, in bed. And then there's other times where I'm like, if you don't stop talking, I'm going to knock you out. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm so. It's a fine line. Don't want to see. You know what I mean. And he feels the same way. That yeah. that's the way it is after 17 years. Uh, but we we um, are very good friends. We we need each other in certain ways. But I have often thought like he may one day fall in love with someone else, and 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 I will be very very sad. But I will support it 100 percent because wow. he deserves. And you know what? I've never wanted to have kids, and I think he would have been a lovely father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did he want kids? He says he doesn't and didn't. I don't know about that though. Oh. It's a, it's like he just stayed with, I don't know. Huh. Maybe he would have or could have had a whole nother life. He's a bit huh. younger than me. Mm-hmm. How much younger? He's 47. He still can. Guys can still do it for, yeah, right. you know, he can still do that and it will, it will be painful, but I want him to do Whatever he wants. You to want do. him to be happy. I want him to be happy. What if you had a cr- have? You, what What if you fell for somebody? Do you see? Do you, would you ever imagine that happening? I mean, no one ever. Really I can't imagine it, it happening. There yeah. have been 
massive crushes yeah. since that I have not acted on because uh, I, they've been younger and also I don't really want it. It's just, I, I like the idea of it. Yeah. I don't really. Well, crush, we were talking about, you put them on a pedestal, mm-hmm. but then when you get to know them, they get right. knocked down on a pedestal. Right. So you kind of want to tell yourself the lies. Right. So it's just, it's because it's fun. But yeah, because it's all in the imagination. And also there's been some, some men I've met who I'm so viscerally sexually attracted to, which is unusual for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I can't imagine it would last longer than one yeah, one night. Right. So then why I mean? not like, just act on it for one night? Because I don't want to be naked in front of anyone anymore. Really? Really? I really don't. I really don't. Uh, I, I feel like, especially since a lot of these guys have been younger, some, some, might. I was going to say, do you get a, do you, a lot of younger men? No, it's uh, not that they're attracted to me. Although I find, interestingly, very much younger guys tend to get crushes on older women. Yeah. When yeah. they get older, there's no way they're going to, then they're going to go back younger. Mm-hmm. But, much younger guys that you meet at UCB and stuff yeah, seem yeah, yeah. to be kind of like crushed out I have on, a lot of friends. on the older female comics. Well, yeah. also you're a legend. Yeah. I'm not a legend. You are. Janine. Yes, I'm not Janine. I'm not Janine. We have to, we're going to put our foot down and, and force you to accept There are, are so many I mean, <laughs> younger people that I would have no idea quite rightly who I am. And, and that's, it's not about that. There's something about a younger guy, a much younger comedy guy who like loves Catherine O'Hara and they seem oh, to be attracted to me and, and Amy Sedaris and you yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. for that age, but as they get older, that is not going to stay that way. Probably they will tend at least what I've noticed yeah. is once the guy is past 35 um, or closer to 40, they're no longer interested in the older woman. Then, th- then they're then they want to revert. They, they want to go. That's more like because they're only backwards. as like young as the last person you fucked, kind of a thing. And it's a weird in there. But head. I think, but it's totally understandable too. There, there is, objectively speaking, a younger, vital person is more attractive sexually, viscerally than a fifty-four-year-old person. That's a lot male of and would disagree. female. Male a lot. and female. But see, I was always attracted naked, to older men. Naked. I, I remember. Especially. Well, but yeah. I, I remember not, I'm like, I cannot wait until I'm old enough to to have sex with a 30-year-old person. Like when I was like 30 11. 30 so young. No, but when I was 11, like when I was a mm-hmm. kid, kid, I'm like, I can't wait. And I've always been fascinated. The the one guy that I had sex with on and off for, for five years who was um, the comedian was much older than me. And that was part of why it was so hot. But it's so funny because mm-hmm. like my whole life, I felt similar in high school. Of like, I can't, none of these guys, how can you be right. attracted to a guy like And it's not that I like was uh, criticizing them because they right. were friends. But I'm you just, just saying like, understand. I'm not sexually attracted to yeah. someone my age or even who's a senior. Who cares? They're still 17. Yeah. There yeah. was something about it that was not. Yeah. The first person I sex with was 25 years old because the thought of having sex with someone younger is gross. I've me. never had sex with anybody <laughs> well, uh, younger than 19. I've never had some sex with anyone younger than I started than having sex with 25. 15, well, it's yeah. just, there is, I think uh, <clears throat> females in general, in general, again, I don't like sweeping generalizations, tend to be attracted to older, more mature men. Yeah. Because they tend to be more mature than, right. their, than their male peers. But also I think, and Lemmy from from Motorhead said it best. I think he's <laughs> a font of wisdom, the late Lemmy, honestly. Yeah. He said, women want sex, of course, but ultimately what they feel most comfortable with is security as well, stability, knowing that that person respects and cares for them. And also if they are going to move forward with having children, they want their children to be able to depend upon Mm -hmm. the partner. Yeah. And I think that that's very true. 
Yeah. That that is more important to the female, even at the earlier stages of the relationship, than the male. And I think it's in our DNA somehow. It's from hunter gatherers or if if you if you are on the track of I think I'd like to have kids, you want to not have a a partner that cannot be depended upon. Of course. That cannot be a co-parent with you, that cannot be protect help you protect and that's why them. maybe you're not inherently attracted to somebody who is not has their shit together and lives at home with their parents right, uh, and they're 35 and they're yeah. a job and-, and and that's not a criticism in this economy especially yeah you know to each his or her own but i do feel like if i do think there was wisdom in what lemmy said when he was saying that for guys especially younger ones it is really about the sex. They're not thinking further down the road in general. Yeah. And for the females, because also they could become pregnant mm-hmm. where the guys can't, there is this thing in the back of their mind is, is this person going to be there for me no matter what decision I make about this child? Yeah. And I feel like that that's very true. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a just a it. different um, wiring, I suppose, um, that yes. goes back to our original blueprint. Yeah, yeah. All that, like, when you're inherently attracted to somebody with big boobs, it really means because they could feed their for, children. For I'm like, damn, when yeah. I learned all that, I'm like, oh, man, I'm Although, getting tricked. <laughs> I think it's, there's like a, a fertility, like yeah. there's like a fertility that 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 males and other females are attracted to a a, 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 a ripe young body because yeah. it implies fertility and stuff like that. I think yeah. that's just... It is. It's good to hear a feminist say that because, I mean, that's kind of a very similar to the comic Dante Nero. I don't know if you know him. He Mm -hmm. has, you know, the Beige Phillip show, very controversial. And he was on our podcast and it was one of the most controversial episodes. But I was like truly listening to what he was saying. And I was like, I don't think this is misogynistic as much as it is. And, um, you know, I'm sure he he says misogynistic things, but the the, the theory in general was just like, no, I think this really makes perfect sense. No, I think it's science. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there's a reason women retain more body fat in certain areas and have uh, viable years for the childbearing and look certain ways and actually are sent Mm -hmm. chemically, which will change as you get older. But I used to think that my my boyfriend's scent was the most intoxicating. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, smelling his underarms. Pheromones. Skin. Yeah. As we have aged, the two our scent has changed <laughs> a lot. It is not quite the same. Yeah. And we know that. So there is many reasons that people are attracted to younger people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 it's science. Now, I actually don't happen to find big boobs, quote unquote, particularly more attractive than anything. And Mm -hmm. I don't tend to find classically like we're told we're told which guys are good looking like Mm -hmm. in the mainstream, like uh, Brad Pitt, what have you. Seems like a nice guy. Not my thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah. Like I'm not not Ryan Gosling. I'm like, yeah. Uh, Okay. Ryan Gosling, I find very attractive because of his everything else he's got going yeah that on. smile everything smile, the talent talented. and yeah. everything i yeah. never find i mean tim curry to me is like the ultimate hottie like tim curry home alone too that's like oh well there's oh my there's God. other things that appeal Jeez, to me like be- like i said paul giamatti will Patton, yeah michael shannon the actor michael oh shannon. oh we were oh. just we were at a 
that party where true Amy Sedaris is uh, TV. That, oh, and that I show him. where he's on. Oh, my he was God. behind me in line like eight <laughs> different times. And I talked to him. And I was like, hey, hey, no, I have oh been in God. love with him since Jesus's son. I, Jesus's son. I, I, I kept thinking, man, if I was dating him, the role playing we would do. And I don't do that with partners. Mm-hmm. I, I don't role play. So I feel stupid. I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't see the point in it. It doesn't excite me. I feel stupid. But, uh, but I'm like, Michael Shannon, what a, Oh my gosh. What a, what a but day also that would be. part of it is the talent and you know yeah. what I mean? Like the, and that evil look in his eye. He's not, he's <laughs> a nice guy. Did but. you ever see Jesus's son when he's no. in, he has long, long hair Ooh. and a beard. Oh, damn. I know he's also I'm hilarious later. on an episode of Delocated. Yeah. He's very funny. He's very funny. Yeah. Um, but there is certain, like I said, Will Patton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Will Patton, who I was in love with since desperately seeking Susan. Yeah. That, but Aiden Quinn also, I have to say Aiden Quinn. Yeah. Mm. Every once in a while, I'll go that route. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm not made of wood. George Clooney. <laughs> but George Clooney is but great. But George Clooney okay. is a great human addressing I know. the UN. And he's so hot. And he's everything. funny. Even and his funny. wife is cool. And his wife is right. better. So everything. It's not just about him being yeah, He's no. just great. great looking. Um, and he can't get around it. We have to wrap. Is there anything Oh my God. Else? I'm so sorry. I monopolized the conversation. No. No, believe oh me. Uh, we are, we've had a very long day. And when we have a guest who just takes care of it themselves. It is the most beautiful gift you could have given us. I know. Honestly. Is there anything left that you want? (laughs) No, no. Anything you want to promote? No. Okay. (laughs) Okay. But you, and you again, I want regularly? to apologize no. for saying the word uh, famous before because it sounds like the ultimate in douchebaggery. Uh, I'm not coming out of your mouth. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Maybe coming out of my mouth. Sure. I mean, not it's yours. a descriptive word. It's not, you know, we, we needed to know that. I think it was an interesting a part of the story. If people want to see you do stand up or tour shows. Uh, well, I actually will be at Sketchfest in San Francisco. Oh, us too. Too. Us too. Really? What yeah. date? I'll the 28th of I'm January. I'm going the 11th through the 15th. Oh, well, damn it. We'll miss you. But we're here now. Yeah. But I am <laughs> frequently at Eastville in the stand. And then I got right. Uh, New York Valley Hall in Chicago and Ooh. Yeah. when is that do you know we have a lot of Chicago oh, uh, listeners um, and Moon Tower Festival in Austin oh nice. yeah I love Moon Tower um, and then oh. Dallas after that I mean I, I don't know the exact dates I just you have a website coming. right no no <laughs> you did but it hasn't no. been updated since 2016 but it's not me too who actually oh, did that's that I don't else. know who that is oh shit yeah alright so if and you want to see fake Janine, Instagram just... me who has pictures just of me what and it embarrasses me to my core. Why would I have a site with just pictures of me? <laughs> right, and, but that's just not your and brand. And me anyway. with Rachel Dratch and stuff like you know what I mean. Like I would do that, and okay. and it really bothers me yeah. that somebody's doing that. Yeah, because it's uh, not it's in not line. me. Yeah. So if you want to see Janine, just just guess. Type in your city, add her name, and Google yeah, search. Google and you're... then maybe something will come up but from actually, the website. But actually, I tend to work with comics who clubs. really work the social media. So I always know that they're going to promote the show. Oh, you know good. I mean? Just enter good, Janine's but... game into your Google well, alerts. Yeah, and there then you go. maybe I guess. But um, <laughs> I frequently, because I live so close to uh, at the stand in Eastville, because they're right by yeah, my apartment. Yeah, yeah. Right. But um, yes. aren't you a, post- a partial owner of Eastville? No. Oh, I whoa. Thought, I, I thought, was that on my Wikipedia page? I thought you were. I heard, thought I heard that. And there's like a puppet of you in that there. That was her fan. Oh, no, doll. that a, a a fan built that doll for me. And you just were whoa. like, we're going to this here. I, I placed it. <laughs> I'm up that in that very nice house. of her to do it's it. A it's a cool thing. Oh, a girl did it. It's fine. It's cool. It's very nice of her. But I was like, I can't. I can't. Yeah. Let's just put it in the club. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she came to the club. Oh. She, she made that. And I actually don't think it looks like me. I think it, it looks... 
sort of like a more ethnic Natalie Merchant. Okay. I could see that. Yeah, I could yeah, see yeah. that. I know the puppet well. I always look yeah, at it. Yeah, it doesn't really look like me. I knew it was supposed to be I you. I knew it was you. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I actually. But I also know that you perform there a lot. So I yeah. put, and like, you know, process of elimination, female comedians, unfortunately, Judy it was Gold, kind of easy. Judy Garofalo. Well, I, knew, yeah, I knew it wasn't Judy Gold. So Judy Garofalo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was very nice that she did that. And I'm flattered. Yeah. But I was like, I can't, I, get I can't it. take this home. Yeah, I get it. Oh, it's a puppet of me. <laughs> Are you inquiring about the puppet of me? <laughs> the doll of me that I have displayed. Well, it's beautiful. It really adds to the Eastville uh, lobby, uh, I yeah. think. It's just sitting up on top of yeah. the shelf. For yeah. I like it. It's it prominent. makes me happy every time I go there. <sighs> Thank you Thank so you. much Thanks for, for sitting down with me. us. It was yes. such a pleasure to talk to We're you. We're so excited. The pleasure is mine as well. <laughs> it's a two-way, three-way street here. Hey. <laughs> and this is a great apartment. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. Well done, you two. Thank well, it's you. not mine, but the, I'm just that Guys, we fuck got me here, so that's good. Well, you know what? Any port in a storm, whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Right. I think that any any revenue stream, any create anything, it's always things you least expect that make. Tell me about it. That that it's when you're being your most authentic self yep. that tends to be when you set out to do something epic. It's right, never going to go because right, then ever. you're creating content for the sake of creating content. Yeah. But I find that with most of the comics I know and stuff, it's the thing they did that just was like a passion pro- or. Just because like, oh, I'm interested in this. And that's because people respond to authenticity. Yep. Because you don't get a lot of it. Because you don't get it. And you can sense it when when you you hear it it or see it. You know it. Yeah. Yeah. When it's around. You're authentic. You're so you do look tired. What were you working on today? What projects were you guys? We'll tell you when we're Oh secret. It was spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if they know how that would factor in here. Brutus killed Caesar. Oh man. It's a retelling of the assassination of Julius Caesar and it was Brutus. Well, thank you very much. Portia. No, that's in in Julius Caesar. The temp no no no. Portia's in uh, the Merchant of Venice. But Portia's in um uh I did I did Portia monologue from uh, Julius Caesar in the Shakespeare contest. And is thank you so much. This anyway. has been but, but Portia's in, not in, in, in Caesar. She's in, in um, go read some Shakespeare. It. She's in Merchant of Venice. Uh, was it Octavia? I don't know. We'll we'll talk after. And, <laughs> I'll look it. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, I could be wrong about that, but I feel like Portia is Merchant of Venice. Just tweet us. Uh, this has been Guys We ah, Fuck, yeah. the anti slut shaming podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday.
much for listening to Guys We Fuck. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that enables you to improve your mental health from anywhere at any time, even if you're in the bathroom. Get matched with a licensed therapist from over 2,000 choices and message from them whenever you need to. No commutes, no judgments. For a special offer for our listeners, visit Talkspace.com slash GWF and use code GWF to get 30 bucks off your first month and show you support for this show. Talkspace. It's therapy for how we live today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.